Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Acts 14. Today. Acts 14, that's where we're at. And, we're jumping uh, in. What's going on? Yeah, the, this is the end of their first missionary journey. Okay. And so Paul and, and Barnabas, they, I mean, okay. Paul and Barnaby, Barnabas, they're on the road. It says, at Iconium... Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. Mm -hmm. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred the other Gentiles up, poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. This is the NIV. When you read the ESV version of this, it talks about how their life bore witness to the word. I like that. And so basically <laughs> when you think about witnessing, like if you're in court, sorry, it's freezing. I like that. It's freezing in here. I walked in, it was like 52 degrees. In court, if someone witnesses, they're saying, I saw this happen. I can confirm that this is true. Okay. So when their life bears witness to the word, it means yeah. that what people see in your life and how you treat people and how you act and how you eat and drink and all these things. How do you handle conflict? How do you handle stress? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you begin and end your day? That is only confirming what they read in scripture. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the reason the scripture is implying why all these people are believing. So they're saying, okay, the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus and the way these guys are living their life right. and they're praying and healing and these miracles are happening. Mm-hmm. This bears witness to what I see. So it's like what I see in your life and what I read here, it lines up. Mm-hmm. And so how important that is for you and for us mm-hmm. that what we read and how we live our life, they line up. Match. They match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's no confusion here. And so thinking about that for myself. That's really confusing too with where we're at today in the United States. So, cause today we have so many, um, I mean, statistically the Barna group anal- um, did their analysis most recently of, I think it's like a pool of 4,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And 70% of these folks said that they identify as a Christian, but when they actually looked at how they lived their lives, meaning like if they read the Bible, if they prayed, if they went to church, like those kind of things, only 8% had a type of resilient faith or res- resilient Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like that's confusing. And resilient was defined as like attended church a certain number of times It's a not year, anything that's reads like. Reads the Bible a certain number of like times. It's like 101 Christianity. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're just do this sometimes, then you're defined as a consistent slash resilient and Christian. that's 8%. And so that's why you, that, that's confusing then, because then we have like this label, like mm-hmm. this larger group of people that is, that maybe their lives is not matching or, yeah. you know, and so that's why like when we bear witness, like, okay, well you're bearing witness to something yeah. no matter what, like regardless. Did, did we talk, did I talk about the divorce rates on the podcast or is that a sermon? I don't know. What are you, where are you going? So I, I dug deeper into the divorce rates and how oftentimes okay. people will slam the church for saying like, well, your divorce rates yeah. are no different than the world's. Mm-hmm. And on paper, it does look the same. However, when you look closer and you look at what defines someone as a Christian based on those the survey. That's true. You find yeah. out that the people identify as Christians, but they don't even live anything remotely close to yes. a Christian life. Yes. And in fact, the like a consistent Christian or someone who is in the scriptures often, like not even regularly, but often, and goes to church more than not. So let's say 60% of the time, 
the divorce rates plummet to like high 20% or 30% something. Right. As opposed to the world being in the low 50s. Yep. That's actually a massive difference. Yes. So I was encouraged by that where you're going, okay, I feel like then more people, their lives are bearing witness to Mm -hmm. the scriptures and that's how it should be. Yeah. And so I'm just thinking through my life and again, is this bearing witness to what's happening in in the scriptures and how Jesus and the apostles live, live their lives. Um, and I have room to improve, you know, I have room to improve, but I think that's the power of testimony when, when that bears witness. So our most recent one was Christmas Eve when Jessica Moore uh, spoke with me and I have had countless people come up to me and share because really what Jessica's testimony got at is you look at scripture and life is not easy for Christians. Even though, again, somehow we get this in our head, like, well, I thought my life's supposed to be good because I'm a Mm. Christian now. No, it does not say that anywhere. And it's in the midst of the pain and the trials and the tribulations and the hardships and unforeseen circumstances that Jessica still glorified God and praised Mm. him and Mm. saw his goodness. And it's like that testimony is what you're going, whoa, how do you proclaim God is good? You know, we've mentioned that in the last couple of sermons as well, when your life is hard. Yeah. I'm like, I love it. I feel like that's someone whose life is bearing witness to the word. Yeah. Um, there, and there's alignment there. Yeah. So. We also, another person too, that we talked about just from our own family that we just recently said goodbye to was grandma. So G grandma Gigi yep. and how now we, so we, we know her life now from beginning to the end and how we could just go back and see from her being a little girl with her mom and dad, Albert and Priscilla, to her being a young woman, to her becoming a mom, mm. how it was marked and it was hidden in Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was a life that really bore witness. And now, you know, we are living in her legacy because of Jesus Christ and what he did. And in large part, because of who grandma was. And her life Christ, bore witness to life. the word. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So that's a good place to pause and just think about that in your own mm-hmm. life and then in your circle too, yep. what that looks like. Yeah. It's good. So as it continues, their missionary journeys continue to the cities of Lystra and Derby. And for me, verse nine is the next verse that stood out to me. Do okay. you have anything before then? Nope. So verse nine, it says um, in Lystra, verse eight, sorry, in Lystra, there was a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. Mm-hmm. He listened to Paul. And as he was speaking, Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Yeah. What's so interesting about that is somehow Paul was able to see this man was leaning in. Mm. He had a desire for the things of God. Mm-hmm. And again, we always talk about the gift of faith is a gift from God, and it helps us put our faith in God. Mm-hmm. And yet in here, there is some mystery here where it's God's inviting us to participate in the healing. Right. Where he's saying, do you want to be well? Do you believe yeah. I can do this for you? And here that's really clear. The man was leaning in and he believed. Right. And so Paul said, okay, let's go. And for me, pastorally, one of the ways I see this really come into great clarity is actually like in times of deliverance, mm. whether it's, um, long story short, Christians can't be possessed. We can be oppressed or a better word is demonized where you're like harassed by demonic basically. Mm-hmm. And in order for someone to be freed of any kind of demonic attack or oppression, it, it really requires that person to want to change. Yeah. And if they want to change, then you they're participating with the work of God. Right. And they're the ones like saying, all right, Lord, I'm declaring you as God. Mm-hmm. You are good. This evil, you got to go. And right. replace in my heart, God, 
the things of God, love, joy, peace, patience, go through the fruit of the spirit. One of the things I'm learning is if people don't want the things of God and they don't have faith to do this, then my responsibility is to simply pray and just from a distance, pray for them, encourage them. I'll still invite them to church and that kind of thing. But for for me to pour into them and want their change more than they want it themselves is enabling and is actually not helpful, especially within the realm of the ministry of deliverance. Yeah. So I'm learning that myself. Like, okay, do you, what do you want? And Jesus would ask people that they would come up and he'd go, what do you want me to do for you? Mm -hmm. I want to see like, okay, you're leaning in. Let's Mm -hmm. do this. So that's another thing that, that just stood out to me from, from this. Right. I think one little tidbit on that verse too, that just stood out before we move on is that Paul, um, Paul looked directly at him. I think sometimes, so I'm looking at it, you're looking at it from the, the man wanting healing. I'm looking at it from Paul and Paul sees him. Mm-hmm. You got tons of people in your life that are in your life that you don't see. I do too. We don't want to look, we want to look away. And Paul sees him. He looks at him and he sees him. Yeah. And I think that that's just an encouragement too, just to like, sometimes, you know, there's lots of examples, but, um, sometimes maybe you see something and it makes you uncomfortable. So you look away. Sometimes maybe you just know it's coming because it's this routine. You see the same person or the same issue Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so that makes you already prep yourself for how you're going to look away instead of leaning in and actually looking directly at them. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that that's really Paul. good. One of the other yeah. things that's happening right here is it seems like the word of God precedes the work of God. Right. And I'm not sure if that's always the case. This is just coming to me now. But they preached the gospel and told everybody about Jesus. Yep. They're leaning in. They want change. And mm-hmm. the reason why that's important is because you don't want what happens in verse 12 to 18 to happen. So right. these let's, people, yes, they heard there. the gospel and mm-hmm. they still go, wow, these guys must be Zeus and Hermes. They must right. be Greek gods. Because the whole premise of having the word of God with the work of God or the word of God before the work of God is that God gets the glory. Mm-hmm. Like this is not our power. It's not our ability. Yeah. It's all from God and for God. And so when you bring the name of Jesus to the forefront and then you pray for healing, you bring the name of Jesus to the forefront, then you pray for deliverance, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But the name of Jesus is what has to be attached to that and or just go first so that mm-hmm. we know... By whose name do you have authority? Yeah. By whose name are you doing these things? Where is this power coming from? It's like, it's all yeah. from God, for God, and it's by more God. more obvious then, yeah. And here I appreciate it because, oh man, I, I would love to avoid verses 12 through 18 in my life you know, yeah. forever. It's like, I, do not confuse me with some superpower, some superhero. Not that people do. <laughs> in fact, it's the You opposite. do though. That's why you dress but, up for Halloween and Superman or whatever. It's that's because Clark it's, Kent. An, it's an easy costume. I have the name Clark. <laughs> I know. Button up, open up Superman shirt, done deal. I know. Yeah, um, I needed to step up. But my really Halloween though, costume. that's so that's the kind of the section more toward the end and then a little bit at the very end that stuck out to me. And so because literally these guys, Paul and Barnabas, are saying, like, we are not God. Like, please do not confuse this. Yes. And that's not at all what the world wants us to say. The world, like right now, it's like you're in charge of your own you and your own truth and everything else, and you make the decisions, and we actually like Well, it's like the sermon yesterday. Yes. If you listened to Emmanuel's sermon yesterday, it was on pride and how Nebuchadnezzar is basically like the posture of pride is like chin up, looking down there. Yes. Like, look at me. Look what I did. Yep. And the word posture of pride actually came from Holy Spirit through Bobby. And 
where yeah. you say the posture of probably at the end of Nebuchadnezzar's yeah. time in Daniel 4 is chin up, eyes up. You're yep. going, I'm not God. I'm looking at him. He is. Mm-hmm. And that, that's essential mm-hmm. for a, a lifelong ministry. Yes. Yep. So that, I mean, that was a huge part that's kind of stuck out to me. Again, but it, re- it requires the work of the spirit too, because like in, what happens in the story is these people believe and then they're flipped and they want to murder them. They go to the next town and these yeah. people believe and then they're flipped and they want to murder them. And it's like, literally make up your minds. Like what's going on? <laughs> like what is happening here? Where it, the flipping of one's mind back and forth is not enough. It has right. to be the work of God in their heart. And yes. that is what brings lasting change. Yeah. That's what brings eternal change. And so you see people come and they're making convincing arguments and it's all yep. a means of the world. It's the economy of the flesh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worldly. And so if God's not there and he's not the focus, Doesn't we are wasting our time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what those guys are experiencing right now. And then, uh, yeah, I let he get stoned. He gets back up into the city, just walks right back in. Here we go. Gangsta. I know. And then the last thing I would add is I appreciate the end where they return to Antioch and Syria. And then it says in verse 22, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true in the faith. They they were telling them stories of what happened and how really that's the power of stories. It's the strengthening of souls. And Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage you, stay in the word, stay in Christian community, stay repentant, get an accountability partner, because that does more for your soul than you realize. Yeah. And that's the strengthening of the soul. It's got to be attached to God's word. The mm-hmm. word and work of God got to be together and the community of God in the midst of those those things as well. Mm-hmm. And your soul is going to be better for it. And yeah. there might be days where you're like, I don't know if anything happened today. I don't feel any different. And it's just that lifelong journey, having those continued meals, um, staying yeah. nourished in the spirit, just like you nourish your body. You don't remember everything you ate, but you just keep going. And you trust that God's doing a work in your heart. Yeah. So, Awesome. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, I think that was that was special. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening yeah. and watching the podcast today. God bless you guys. Adios. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.